Welcome to Sunday morning at First Presbyterian Church. It is a beautiful day in Columbus, Georgia to worship God. I know as we inch into the fall, we are looking for some relief from our heat-soaked lives. And in the same way, I invite you to open yourself to the refreshing and renewing power of God's Holy Spirit. We're glad you're here. Come on in. The same night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children, and he crossed the ford of Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise, everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with humans and that you have prevailed. When Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you ask my name? And then he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Our second reading is taken from Luke's Gospel. We are in chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Listen for this parable that Jesus is using as a tool of teaching. Listen for the word of the Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always, their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while, he refused. But later he said to himself, though I still have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continuously coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge said. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones? who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So two amazing stories here. The first one, we are somewhat familiar with Jacob wrestling with the with the angel. Right. That's how we normally interpret that. It is, let's take a look at this. 
We are Genesis 32, 22. And real quickly, you have Abraham and Sarah. They have Ishmael and Isaac, uh, two brothers at war, uh, at odds with each other, Isaac and Rebekah. Then have Jacob and Esau. Remember, they came out at the same time. Esau came out first. Jacob grabbing his ankle as if there was already trouble brewing between these two. And there was. This is the same Jacob and Esau that Jacob is the firstborn and out. He's a hunter and outdoorsman. And he goes out and he's on a hunting expedition, comes back in famished. We're led to believe he is near death because he is so hungry. Jacob's cooking it up on the stove, I assume a pot of grits. And Esau says, I, I, please share your food with me. And Jacob, that little schemer, says, I will if you trade me your birthright. The birthright that only the oldest firstborn son can receive, that is the inheritance of the family, becoming the patriarch, all of those things, the wealth, the running of, of everything, all of that, the inheritance. Esau willingly says, okay, I'll give it to you if you share some of those grits with me. So he does, that's the first thing. Second, Rebecca, their mother, loved Jacob more than Esau. And Esau is out hunting and Isaac, the father now is blind. He is advanced in age, but can see, uh, but can smell and can hear. There is a blessing that Isaac can only give again to Esau, the firstborn, only for him. Jacob is blessed in other ways, but not the same as Esau. And Rebecca, the mom, schemes with Jacob and says, because Esau is hairy, he takes sheep skins, goat skins, puts it on his arms and legs, puts on Esau's clothes so he smells like Esau and goes to his father and says, it is me, Esau, I'm ready for my blessing now. And Isaac doesn't know any different, feels his arms, ah, oh, yes, my hairy son, and yes, you smell like Esau. I will give you the blessing. And that Jacob tricked his brother out of. And so war, conflict, arises as you would think between these two siblings. They separate. Jacob is afraid Esau is gonna wipe him out and kill him. So he is on the run, takes his children. Our verse starts that night he got up and took his two wives, his two maids, his 11 children, crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He's on the run. And in this particular case, he is on his own when this weird event happens. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. What? What, what does that mean? Wrestled with him till daybreak. Was he attacked? Did this go on for hours? Is this a few minutes before sunrise? We don't know. Did he have some, did he see this man coming? And then he jumped on him. Was he asleep? And what? We, we don't know any of these things. 
Let's read on. A man wrestled with him until daybreak when the man, who we still don't know, is not named, we don't know yet who this man is, saw that he did not prevail against Jacob. He struck him on the hip socket. Jacob's hip was put out of joint and he wrestled with, as he wrestled with him. We'll get back to that. Then the strange man says, let me go for the day is breaking. Let me go. You, Jacob, let me go. I attacked you. I instigated this. You don't know who I am. You let me go. Jacob says, oh, I will not let you go, strange wrestler, unless you bless me. Unless you bless me. So from that we have a sense that now Jacob recognizes that this is no man. This is some incarnation of God. Why we usually say Jacob wrestled with the angel. He recognized at some point in this that something was different and still odd because why would God say, Jacob, let me go as if God wasn't stronger than Jacob? But Jacob taking advantage of the opportunity when asked, let me go. He says, oh no, not until you bless me. It's pretty bold. So this manifestation of of God says, what is your name? He says, Jacob. Then this Man says, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. This is a big pivot point that y'all need to mark in your your kind of uh, uh, mental chronology of the advancement of Israel. Jacob now shifts to Israel because He wrestled with God and God changed his name as God does with other characters in the Bible after they have an encounter with God. The word Israel means roughly one who strives with God. So there's struggle built in even to the name. And then this Jacob, now Israel, will have 12 sons and those, each of those sons will be one of the 12 tribes of Israel that becomes the nation of Israel. So it's important to know where that name Israel come from. It was Jacob. It was his name. And it means one who struggles with God. I'll get back to that. For I have seen God face to face and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him. And Jacob went away limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. Still more weird things. So I'm thinking that Jacob was in a dead sleep. This wrestling event occurs. And how easy would it have been after this man, this manifestation of God departs, for Jacob to have said, that must have been some kind of nightmare. It seemed really weird, but whoever that is is gone. No, nothing happened. It was just, just a weird, nope. Oh yeah, I got the lamp. 
limp from that day on. I think so he would know that he had been in the presence of God. But the big piece of us in our time that I want us to get is the struggle. One who struggles with God. Have any of us ever wrestled with God? I know we have some wrestlers in the house. I'm not going to call attention to you. Don't worry. But if we look at this symbolically, as we often do, do we wrestle with God in some ways that are difficult? What are some of those ways that we struggle with God? What's that? Yeah, okay, science. So believing what, so the bigger picture of that is believing that God is the creator of all things. And that science is a part of God's picture and not apart from it. What else is hard for us to do as a follower of Jesus Christ that we could even call struggle? What? To serve, right. We're supposed to do what now? And go to who? Our enemies? Those who need help. I have to sacrifice my time and resources to help people who don't have those things? Yes. What else? Obedience. Obedience. Oh, come on. Nobody likes that word. Nobody tell me what to do. I'm America. We do our own thing here. My individual freedom will not be tailored to any God or government, as Rush said in Tom Sawyer. Yeah, all of those things. Just to believe is a struggle with God. Our Christian journey is a struggle. Somebody tells you otherwise, they're trying to sell you a t-shirt or a bumper sticker. The skipping happy with Jesus into the sunset, there are moments of that, yes, but there are moments where it is hard to be a child of God. It is hard to follow Christ. I'm to believe what now? I eat bread that was your body? Ew. Uh, what, you rose from the dead? That, that's crazy. You did miracles and we believe that? This scripture that we wrote is authoritative and has God's plan and God's design in it. God's Holy Spirit is still with us. We can go down the line, friends. All of that is just the intellectual pieces. And then there is the hands-on serving. I have to not do some things so I can serve God in some other ways. I have to sacrifice some of what I have, my time, my talent, my treasure, because that's a part of our following. That is a struggle. How much of my time, talent, and treasure do I give to Christ in a variety of ways, including the church? That is a struggle. Talking about Christ in the world, I, we can't do that anymore. The world has become too polarized. I can't mention Jesus Christ outside of this hall. And sometimes I'm not even comfortable in it. It is a struggle. It is also glorious and fantastic and filled with joy and love and grace and relationship and service that makes us those who claim the life that God has given us. A life that has merit and purpose and meaning outside of just doing our thing for our family and our community, so on and so forth. There's so much more that we will miss. So I want us to think about the ways that we struggle with God. 
because they are important to our faith development. It is Malachi, that refiner's fire. God is continuing through this struggle to bless us as he did Jacob. And Jacob asked, it's kind of cocky, it was kind of arrogant almost. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. But he struggled with God and was blessed because of it and so do we. All this is not supposed to be easy. It is supposed to be a challenge. But when we engage the struggle of our faith and our discipleship, we are blessed and we are called to be a blessing to others. Jacob was persistent. He would not give up on God. He could have said, yep, okay, fine. You, you know, you're God, well, who am I? Wrestling with you. But no, he said, he hung on and he clinged on. We know God hangs on to us and never lets us go. We are to hold on to God the way Jacob did and not let go. Be persistent in your faith. Enough with the timidness. What if we were to live as bold and courageous Christians? to live as we were called, to not worry so much about responses and to be faithful outside of these walls as much as we seek to be inside. This is the stewardship of our lives that we are called to participate in, in this place, but especially without. Be courageous, engage the struggle be persistent in your prayers and, con and connectedness with God. And in doing so, we will be blessed to then go be a blessing to others that will continue when we share and live as courageous Christians. The world will change if we are bold enough to go and proclaim so let us do so with hearts and minds, our very lives, to be courageous, engage the struggle, be persistent in our faith. This is our call today. Hallelujah. Amen.